Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. The key word here for the passage we're looking at is the word remember. To remember. Remember what God said. And remember what he is communicating with us. When we come together on Sunday mornings or when we gather together for the different services, like on a Sunday evening or Wednesday, we'll go through the word, we'll preach through the word, and, and uh, oftentimes we'll preach through passages that many of you might be quite familiar with. You know, I'll preach through passages in the New Testament or I'll reference verses in, in different places, and oftentimes it'll be things that you know, things that you've heard before. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe not the same message, but the same idea in, uh, in a message that you've heard before about love or about faith or about forgiveness, about faithfulness, things like that. And, and you might uh, hear these words, read the verses, and think, I've heard that before. I've read that before. I, I remember a message about love before, even, maybe even from that same passage but one of the things that you'll notice about, you know, things like, uh, you know, in sports, when you have coaches, a lot of times what coaches do is they don't always teach their players the new things. They remind them of the basic things. They remind them of the things that they already know, things that they've already heard, things that maybe they've heard many, many times, but they need to be reminded of those things. And uh, the way that I like to think about remembering is that there's two kinds of remembering. One is passive and one is active. Uh, I don't think these are official terms, but this is the way that I think about it. And usually when people think about the word remember or they use the word I remember, they use it in a passive sense. Like when you're hanging out with your friends and uh, you go back and you think, hey, remember that one time when we were in college together and, and uh, we were goofing off and, uh, you know, we got locked out and we didn't know what to do. And you remember that? And uh, you'll go, yeah, I remember that. And, you know, you talk about the good old days. You talk about things that you did and things that you've done and places that you've been together. And, you know, oftentimes when I'm at work, uh, my wife will text me or call me and she'll say, hey, when, you're, when you come home, can you remember to go buy milk from the grocery store? Or can you remember to bring something home from the church office? I, I left something on my desk, and, and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll give the thumbs up. You know, I'll like the message. And then, and then I'll go home, and uh, the moment my wife will say, did you, I will remember that I forgot that my wife told me <laughs> to bring something. And um, I remember, but I didn't really remember, right? When somebody reminded me of that, I remembered, but that's not really a useful kind of remembering, right? It's not useful for me to remember when somebody else reminds me of that when there was something that I needed to do, which brings us to the other kind of remembering, which I call active remembering, right? Active remembering is you just keep on remembering, right? Uh, I have two kids and I have a third on the way. And if I tell my kids, go clean your room, oftentimes they will forget. But if I tell them, after dinner, you can have ice cream, they will ask, 
every hour we're having ice cream, right? What kind of ice cream is it? I don't have to say another word about it, but it's in their brains and they can't stop thinking about it. Well, we're talking about remembering and when God says to remember, that's the kind of remembering that we're talking about. And a big key to the success in spiritual living is what kind of remembering do you have? Because I know that if you've been in church for a long time, maybe you've been going to our church or maybe you grew up going to Sunday school and, and you do all of these different things. If I told you uh, or, or I asked you, do you remember the story of Daniel and the lion's den? Many of you would say, oh, I remember that story. And uh, what is the lesson of that story? The lesson of that story is be faithful to God and God will deliver. That's a great story. It's a great lesson. But sometimes we forget those things. I mean, it's not that we forgot. If somebody asked you, you would remember. You'd be able to bring to your mind the story and the lesson. But if we need a prompting to pull it up, then it's kind of falling into passive remembering. And God wants us to be actively remembering, not coming to church and hearing a lesson or hearing a message or hearing a story and then going home and forgetting. God says we need to remember and it need to stay in our minds. We need to be actively thinking about it. So I want to bring up a few truths that God wants us to actively remember. Don't forget these things. Don't forget until the next time you're in a church service or you have somebody in your Life Connection class reach out to you. Let's remember these things. The first of which is remember your definite end. Verse number seven. Truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. Boy, isn't it great when it's sunny and the sun's shining and the skies are clear and it's blue skies from one end of the, of the earth all the way to the other end. You know, when I first moved here about seven years ago, a lot of people asked, do you like LA? Do you like this area? What do you think? And, and uh, I, I always have to say, you know what? I grew up in the Seattle area and I love sunshine. Uh, you know, I grew up being used to, you know, cloudy days, you know, day after day after day. One of the last years before uh, I moved away, we had, uh, we set a record for the most consecutive days of rain. We had like 140 consecutive days of rain and it was cloudy all the time. And I was very uh, familiar with that, very comfortable with that. I just kind of uh, grew up that way. But when I moved to LA, I mean, it was just uh, the first year it was raining all the time, but you know, for the last several years, it's been sunny day, sunny day, sunny day, sunny day, sunny day. And uh, I didn't even need to check the weather anymore. I knew it was going to be sunny and it was great. And it's, it's kind of exciting. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to step outside and to feel like, you know what, whatever it is that I want to do, I can go do it. And in verse number eight, he says, but if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, what God is saying is you have opportunity while you're here on earth, enjoy it. Enjoy the days, enjoy the years, rejoice in them all. Yet, let him remember. Oh, God wants you to enjoy your life here. God wants you to rejoice every day. 
to be able to look forward and have some excitement for what's going to happen this next week or this next month or this next year. And to be able to be excited about it, to be able to rejoice, to be glad, to be happy in those things. Yet, let him remember. Remember what? Remember the days of darkness. No matter how wonderful the day might be, no matter how long the sun might shine, the sun is going to set one day. And don't forget that. Now, what does he mean by that when he says the days of darkness? Is he talking about cloudy days? Is he talking about the winter nights when, you know, the, the nights are long and the days are shorter? What, what exactly is he talking about? He's talking about the days of death. One day we're all going to die. And the sun is going to set on our life. And we're going to pass into eternity. And God says, don't forget that. Don't forget your life ends one day. Don't forget the days of darkness are coming. And notice what he says. For they shall be many. The average American lives just over 77 years. That's just over 28,000 days. The average American, if you're here today, on average, we will get over 28,000 days. And at my age, I've used up over half of them. So if I live the average, I've used up half of my days. Perhaps I live 77 years. Perhaps I live a little shorter. Perhaps I live a little longer. Maybe I live 80 years. Maybe I live 90 years. Maybe I live 100 years. I don't really know. But I know one day it's going to end. One day, the days here on earth, they're going to be over. But the days on earth don't stop. And time for me doesn't end. Because I don't cease to exist when my body perishes. I will continue. And I'm going to continue to be somewhere. And the days will continue. And God reminds us to prepare for those days. I want to illustrate that with something. I don't usually use these kinds of uh, illustrations, but I want to use an illustration here. And we have, a, we have a rope, and this rope represents time. It represents days, and it represents weeks. As we just continue to live our life, it just continues. We just keep going down the rope, and we have days and weeks and, and months and years and decades. You know, it just keeps going. On one end, I have a little piece of tape. You know what this piece of tape represents? This piece of tape represents your life. This is the day that you are born, and this is the day that you die. So here on this little piece of tape you have, here you are born, and over here is your first day in kindergarten, and then here are your you know, elementary school years, your middle school years, your high school years. Somewhere here along this end is the day where you graduated high school. And then you go to college, and you're there for a couple of years, and then Here's the day where you got your first job, like your first full-time job, maybe after college or, you know, you have a full-time job, you're feeling a little independent. 
And then maybe somewhere down here a little bit further is the day that you get married or the day you got married. So you got married over here and then maybe you had some kids. And so you have some kids here and, and uh, here are a bunch of years in the middle where you're just raising your kids, just trying to, you know, keep your head above water. And so you have these years where you're raising your kids and then, and then somewhere down here, maybe towards the end is when you're an empty nester. All your kids are grown and now they're gone or, you know, at least they're independent. Maybe they live close by. Maybe they've uh, moved to a different city in order to, you know, work there. And, and uh, then maybe here somewhere towards the end is the, the day that you retire. Maybe some of you are looking forward to that day. Maybe there are some here you're living in those days. So you have some days here at the very end where you're retired and then the end of the tape is the day that you die. We spend so much time thinking about these days, right? We spend so much time thinking about, oh, I can't wait until I, I get out of elementary school and I'm in middle school, or maybe you're in middle school, I get to go to high school, and, and uh, maybe you're looking forward to that day when you get to have a car and you get a license and you have some independence, and or maybe you're looking forward to that day when you're you know, graduating high school and now I'm in college, I'm living a little bit on my own and maybe you're still dependent upon your parents, but you know, you're, you're planning so much for what kind of college you're gonna get into and, and what you're gonna major in and, and you're thinking about what kind of job I'm gonna get and you're thinking about you know, applying to internships because I wanna get this kind of job, maybe I wanna work at this kind of company and, and you're planning for, well, these are the kinds of companies I wanna work for and this is the kind of job I wanna have, this is the kind of money that I want to make and you're planning so much for these days and then you're thinking so much about you know dating life and, and getting married and having kids and you're thinking about all of that planning and preparation and putting away money for your kids' education and college and you're putting away money that maybe you could retire and, and you're putting away money for uh, maybe buying a home and all of these different sorts of things and we spend so much time thinking about and planning for these days that sometimes we forget about these days. You know, you live 77 years here on earth. Maybe you live 80 years. Maybe you live 90 years. Maybe your tape is a little longer. Maybe your tape is a little shorter. But, you know, you continue to go on past the end of the tape. Eternity is a long time. You're going to be somewhere forever. For a very, very long time. As long as life seems here on earth, consider how much longer eternity looks and is. If you consider this to be your life and this to be eternity, consider how much longer heaven continues, how much longer you will continue to go and to live. And this isn't even eternity. This is just a short time compared to eternity. You know, the song Amazing Grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, we've just begun to enter into eternity. And we can spend so much time planning and preparing for these days. Oh, I want to make so much money and live in such a nice house here in this life that we forget. There's a mansion that we're going to be in in heaven one day. Have you laid up for yourself treasures there? Oh, we think about how we're, we're going to have so much fun and enjoy all of these days and, and we're planning so much for these days and what we're going to do in these days that have we forgotten about these days? And we spend so much time thinking about, oh, you know what, I'm going to raise up my kid and my kid's going to be smart and he's going to get into a great college and he's going to make a lot of money. Have you 
forgotten to prepare your kid for these days? As much time as we spend preparing our kid for these days, how much time are you spending preparing your kid for these days? God says, oh, I want you to enjoy life on earth. Oh, God had given us all things to enjoy. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above. But remember, the days of darkness, for they shall be many. You're going to be somewhere for a long, long time. I know there's a lot of obligations here on earth that we're thinking about, we're planning for, and we're worried about, and we think about. But life is short. This is your life. And we can spend so much time occupied with these days that we forget about all the other days. The Bible says, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. That's why the Bible says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Second Peter chapter 3 says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I know that when we go throughout our week and you go to work or you go to school and there's a lot of pressure on the places where you go and there's a lot of pressure for work and performance and, and getting ahead and, and doing well and making money. I know there's a lot of financial pressures that are here in your life. We live in the LA area. I know that. I understand that. We all know what's going on in this area, how hard it can be to live. There's some wonderful things here, but also... You know, it's not a cheap place to live. And we know the financial situation uh, of this area in which we live. And, and if you've got kids, we understand. I understand. I've got some kids of my own. And I understand the, uh, the, the uh, uh, pressure of, you know, spending time with them and raising them in addition to all of the other things that you have. And we understand all of those things. But don't forget, the day after your death, you're going to be somewhere. Have you prepared for that day? Have you thought about that day? Remember you have a definite end. And God says, don't forget that. We gather together on Sundays so that we will remember these days. Not just these days. Not just thinking about these days. Not just helping people in these days. But to ultimately prepare them for these days. Remember you have a definite end. Secondly, remember your divine evaluation. Verse number nine, rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh, for Childhood and youth are vanity. See, God wants you to have fun. God wants you to enjoy things in life. Now, that's not the most important thing. Of course, we understand that. But God has given us all things to enjoy. But be careful of what the world 
teaches and what the world preaches and what the world wants you to do. The world wants you to just enjoy this life and this life only. Live it up. 30 is the new 20. You ever hear that phrase? 30 is the new 20. You know what that means? Ah, put off responsibility. You know the things that you need to do that you should do? Yeah, those things will come. Just uh, live your life up. You only live once. So live for yourself. But the Bible says, but know this. Don't forget, God will bring you into judgment. Hebrews chapter 9 says, and as, as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. You can live your life however you want. You could do whatever you want. You could choose whatever you want. While God has given you opportunity here on earth, the choice is yours. You can live for God or you can live for yourself. You can live for God or you can live for money. You can live for God or you can live for pleasure. The choice is yours. Nobody can force you to do different things. You can come to church and try to get some good advice and counsel, and I might encourage people to do the right thing, but the choice is yours to do what you want with the time that you have. I'm not going to make you, and I can't make you do anything. But God says, remember. You can do what you want, but remember. It is appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment. God is going to evaluate your life at the end of your life. When you die, you're going to stand before God, and God is going to ask you to give account of what you did with the time that he gave you. There's an evaluation. There's two kinds of evaluations, two different judgments that people will face. And you're going to be at one of them. The first one is the great white throne judgment of Revelation chapter 20. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Here's this one judgment that some people will face. The judgment is that God will have those that have died stand before him in judgment, and he will open the books. There is a book with your name written on it. And that book contains all of the works of your life. It's a biography of sort, not written by you, but one with a perfect, objective evaluation. And God will open up the book, and it will see all that you have done, and the Bible makes it clear, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. We have all gone astray. We have all gone our own way. The Bible makes it very clear, the works of the flesh, the works that we do, and what God says is, the wages of sin is death. But God says, I don't want you to go there. So he said, but the gift of, life, uh, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, God wants you to be saved. God doesn't want you to go to this judgment. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that you could trust in his name to be saved from your sins 
so that you don't go there. Because if you are not saved, your name is not in the book of life, and there is eternal damnation for you. That's one judgment. Now, if you have trusted in Christ as your Savior, you won't be at that judgment. Praise the Lord for that. This is a judgment for those that have rejected Christ. But there's another judgment for those that have trusted Christ, that have received Christ. It's a different kind of judgment. Romans chapter 14 says, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. This is not the great white throne judgment. This one is the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. See, if you're saved today, you don't have to worry whether or not you're a child of God, whether or not you're going to go to heaven. Because once you are born into the family of God, God is your heavenly father. And he is your heavenly father for all of eternity. And God is preparing a place for you. You don't have to worry about that. But the evaluation is still coming, and we have to give account of ourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. There's going to be an evaluation of your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 gives us a little bit more color to this kind of evaluation according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. So there's the foundation that is laid. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. The apostles have laid the foundation and others have laid and worked in order to build. And now it's us. Now we are building spiritually for ourselves and for others for other foundation can no man lay that is laid that which is jesus christ now if any man build upon this foundation gold silver precious stones wood hay stubble he says there's all sorts of different ways that you could build all sorts of different materials with which you could use he says the choice is yours you could use spiritual materials or carnal materials. You could live for God or you could live for this world. Every man's work shall be made manifest. God will evaluate the work that you did and it will be known what you did. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which we, he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. See, God is letting us know there is an evaluation that is coming. There is a judgment that will be coming for every one of us. The first choice is, which judgment are you going to? Are you saved or are you lost? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior or are you trying to do it your own way? If you're trying to do it your own way, if you're trying to do it some other way, if you have not trusted in Christ as your Savior, there's only one judgment for you. It's the great white throne judgment. And you don't want to go there because everyone that goes there does not pass. But then there's another judgment for those that are saved, for those that have trusted Christ as their Savior. For those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, there's a different kind of judgment. And God desires for us to be at this judgment and to rejoice at that judgment. That's why he says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. 
rejoice and be exceeding glad. Wait, I should be glad that I'm persecuted for the Lord? God says, yes, you should be glad. Why? For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that you can rejoice in persecution for the Lord because you know at the judgment, God will reward you. And if we look for that judgment, we can rejoice today. We can live in joy today. And we can endure through persecution and difficulties today. So we need to remember that day. Remember the day of judgment is coming. Remember that the days of darkness will be long. Time and eternity will be forever. Which brings us thirdly to remember your difficulty escalates. Chapter number 12. Solomon is now an older man by this point, and he has some advice for younger people, the youths. And his advice is, Remember, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. It's an interesting way to phrase it. He didn't say remember God. He said remember your creator. We were created by God, and we must remember him, and we must remember that we were created. When are we to remember this? Remember now. Right now, remember that. And tomorrow when you wake up and you read the verse, it'll say, remember now. Every day we are to remember now. Every moment we are to remember now. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. He says, Remember God in the days of your youth. What are the days of youth? The days of youth are before the evil days. You know what the evil days are? The evil days are the days when life's not fun anymore. You know, I have uh, two little kids, and uh, one of the, the trials of every parent is trying to put their kids to bed. You know, it's bedtime and the cry of every child in the world throughout history is no, I don't want to go to bed. I want to stay up. I want to have fun. You know, I'm now starting to go, you know, get to the age where if somebody tells me it's bedtime, I'm like, yes, all right, finally. All right, the day's over. Man, I want to lay down. I want to sleep. Man, I'm tired. You know, kids, they just want to keep going and going and going. And, you know, when you get past the age of, I don't know, 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever. It's funny. I, um, I, I'm teaching in the youth group, and I, I had a little survey. I passed out the survey, and one of the questions was, what is your hobby? And uh, the, the most common answer was, Sleeping. And I was like, it's happening to teenagers already, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, the idea is, you know, when you're young and full of energy, you want to get out there. You want to do something. You want to have fun. You want to hang out. You want to keep going. But 
There's going to be days when you're like, you know what? I'm glad the day's over. Man, I'm tired. Man, I want to go to bed. Some days there might be days when you get up and you're like, I don't want to get out of bed. I want to stay in bed. That's not fun anymore. But he's really talking at the very extreme end. Verse number two, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. I remember someone telling me that our eyes are the first things that age. You know, you need glasses or you need bifocals or you can't see very well. And, you know, that's the first thing that starts to age. And then you can imagine as you get older, your, your eyesight begins to dim even more. Verse number three, in the days when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few and those that look out of the windows be darkened. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, boy, there were days when the man of the house was strong and able and could do anything and everything, but then one day that big, strong man is hunched over in his old age. You ever see those people that are a little bit older and they're kind of hunched over, they're using a walker, they're using a cane? When they were young, boy, they were, they were big, they were strong, they stood up tall with their shoulders back and People looked up to them, and now they're kind of hunched over a little bit. The phrase there in the middle is interesting, and the grinder cease because they are few. I was like, what does that mean? I was reading a little bit, and you know, a, a commentary said, you know what that is? You know what your grinders are? Your grinders are your molars. They're your teeth. You know, and it says, oh, you know, these, you know, as you get older, your teeth go bad. You have to pull your teeth down, and you lose your teeth. And it says, when the grinder cease, when you stop you know, chewing food that you used to chew because you don't have any teeth anymore, you know? And, you know these, are the, these are the days when life isn't fun anymore. People are walking around eating, you know, wonderful foods and you can just look at them with envy. Verse number four, and the, and the door shall be shut in the streets. When the sound of the grinding is low and he shall be up at the voice of the bird and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. It's kind of a funny, interesting thing. You know, people, when they get older, they often lose their hearing a little bit. You know, they, you know, heard loud sounds. You know, they worked at a construction site or listened to music too loudly. You know, they can't hear that well anymore. And, and you talk to them and they're always going, huh? Huh? What? What did you say? You know, they can't hear anymore. But then on the opposite end, there's a little tiny sparrow that's chirping out the window and it wakes them up and they can't go back to sleep. You know, I remember when I first got married, and uh, my, wife, my wife likes to joke about this story where, you know, we got married, we were, you know, sleeping at night, and my wife heard something. You know, it sounded like footsteps or whatever, and so she woke up, but I, I was a deep sleeper, and uh, so I didn't wake up, and so she was trying to wake me up. I wasn't waking up, and she was going, you know, and she joked that she was like, Richard, wake up, and I was like, what, 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 you know, and I was a deep sleeper, you know, now, if my kids roll over in their bed in the next room, it wakes me up, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know what it is, but when you're young, you know, you could sleep through anything, you could sleep through earthquakes, you could sleep through fireworks, you could sleep through these things, but then when you get older, any little sound wakes you up. And then the worst part about that is you can't go back to sleep, right? Not just that you woke up, now you can't go back to sleep. And, and Solomon's describing these days where, man, yeah, it's so frustrating. Life, life isn't as fun as it used to be. Verse number five, also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fear shall be in the way and the almond tree shall flourish 
and the grasshopper shall be a burden. Even the tiniest little things take a lot of effort. And desire shall fail. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I used to have so much fun going over there, traveling, doing this and that. You know, it's just not as fun anymore. Desire shall mourn because man goeth to his long home. The days of darkness are long. And the mourners go about the streets. Verse number six, or ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl be broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. You know, no matter what it is that you have, no matter what it is that you buy, they break down, right? Man, you get this brand new iPhone. It's amazing. It's incredible. But then after a couple of years, it like, you know, randomly crashes and shuts down. You can't make phone calls on it. You buy a brand new car. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's awesome. And then it starts to break down after a few years of driving it. And you get a nice new house and you want it to be perfect. But then, you know, it starts getting dinged. And then, you know, a uh, pipe gets loose or something happens and all sorts of different things. People break down. Uh, things break down, which means eventually, you know what? We break down. It's not just things in this world that break down. We break down. Our bodies break down. And when our bodies break down, you can't just replace it. That's when life's not fun anymore. Ultimately, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. God says, remember your creator. I gave you that body, what God is saying. And one day, I'm going to get it back. What you do with it in the meantime is up to you. But there's an evaluation that is coming. Don't forget that. But don't forget also what happens at the end. That your difficulty escalates. What Solomon is saying is, before you know it, those days will be here. Those days, when you look at people and they're struggling through life towards the, at the latter end of their days, those days are coming for you, and they'll be here soon. You know, really what he's saying is, there's never an easier day to serve God than today. It's only going to get harder from here. Serving God doesn't get easier from today. It's only going to get harder for you. I know the temptation is to think, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to be able to serve God in a better way. It'll be easier when I get older. You know, we got some, maybe some teenagers that are here. You know what? You don't have a car. You don't have any money. You don't have any independence. You're relying on your parents. Or you're relying on other people to do things for you. Oh, one of these days when I get independent, I'll, I'll be able to, you know, serve God, you know? And uh, you think, you know, when I turn 18, I'm going to be independent and I'm going to be able to serve God because I'll be independent. I have money and I can make my own choices. And then you go to college and then you're, you're a little bit independent and then you have no money. You have no money to buy anything, to go anywhere, to do anything. You have to ask your parents for money. <laughs> you know, you're independent, but you're still completely dependent. And, and uh, so you're thinking, oh, you know, and, uh, but, you know, one of these days, you know, after I get out of college, when I get a job, oh, that's going to be great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve God when I first get a job. And then you get a job and you realize because you're at the bottom, you have to work the most. 
And you have to work in order to prove yourself. And they put all of the burdens on you. And you think, oh, this isn't any fun. You know, I thought I'd be able to get out and work and be relaxed and have fun and do whatever. And then you realize that everything just comes to you. And, and, and if you don't do it, then, you're, you know, you could easily be the first one out the door. So you're working really hard. You know what? Wait, maybe when I get a little bit older, and a little bit higher up, then, then it'll be a little bit better. And uh, maybe, you know, you're by yourself. It'd be nice if there was somebody next to you to be able to serve alongside of you. You know, maybe when I get married, uh, then it'll be easier to serve God. And you think about, you know, the day that you get married and you get married and it's wonderful and it's a wonderful honeymoon. And then you realize the person you married isn't perfect like you thought they were. And that person that you married realized that you're not perfect like they thought you were. And you're a sinner and that person's a sinner and you have conflicts and you have disagreements and and now you're married forever and you have to worry about these things and think about these things and work through the conflicts. And then you think, oh man, it was so much easier when I was single. I could just do whatever I wanted and go whenever I wanted and go however long as I wanted to. And then kids come. If you thought that it was easy to serve or hard to serve wherever it is that you are, wait till you have kids and then you got to wake up in the middle of the night. You got to get your kids ready and you got to do all of these things and take care of them and make sure that they have all that they need. And, you know, uh, when uh, my wife and I, you know, when it was just the two of us, we could just go whenever we wanted, however we wanted, you know. And, but when we have kids, we got to make sure, okay, do we have snacks? Do we have water? Do we have this? Do we have extra clothes? Do we have this and that, you know? And you're bringing this whole, like, it feels like a suitcase whenever you go travel around. And, you know, and it's like, oh, you know what? Oh, this, I love my kids, but they're a lot of work. You know what? When my kids get out and they're independent, then I'll serve God. And they grow up and they go independent. And you're like, all right, I'm free. But then you wake up every morning and you're tired every morning. You know what? Maybe tomorrow will be a little bit better. <laughs> I have a little bit more energy tomorrow. I got to save up my energy for that one big day where I'm going to serve God and you know what Solomon is saying? Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. You know, I don't know what stage of life you're in right now. Well, let's just all think of ourselves in the days of youth. And let's just all think, let's remember God today. Because it's not going to get any easier to serve God than today. Tomorrow is not going to be easier. Tomorrow is going to be harder. Tuesday is going to be harder than Monday. And Wednesday is going to be harder than Tuesday. And next week is going to be harder than this week. And next month is going to be harder than this month. And next year is going to be harder than this year. And 10 years from now will be harder than today. It's never been easier to serve God than right now. So you know what Solomon is saying? Remember God while you're young, while you have today, because it's never going to get easier. When I was uh, in college, I got an internship, and I was interning in, um, in the Bay Area. And uh, I met some different people, and uh, one of the guys was, uh, he said, oh, have you ever been to Yosemite? Um, we should climb Half Dome together. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I don't know, 22 or so at the time, and I thought, yeah, let's do it. And so we figured out one of these days to go, and uh, we both got off of work, I think, on a Friday, and we drove over to Yosemite on Friday. And it took us about four hours to get there. We drove there, and uh, my friend, Tuan was his name, 
uh, pulled out a tent and we parked a car and we literally camped like right next to the car. And so we just slept there. We woke up early the next day and uh, we started climbing up to Half Dome. And uh, I don't know if there's different routes, but the one that we took was uh, a very long hike. I knew it was long, but it was very long. It was eight miles one way. And the elevation change from the bottom where you start to the top of Half Dome is about a mile. So imagine a very, very, very long and gradual staircase that's eight miles long and one mile high. That's basically what it was. And so we climbed and, uh, and uh, it was fun. You know, it was kind of, it was kind of uh, you know, I'd never done anything like this before. I'd been to Yosemite once, but not really been hiking. And uh, so it was great. It was exciting. And so I, I went up and uh, we were going up. And one of the first things that I noticed is that as we were going up, and there were other people going up as well, there were people coming down. And uh, I, I just saw one person. I was like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, they forgot something. They turned around, you know. And, and we kept going and we kept seeing people coming down, coming down. And I thought, this is kind of strange. So I asked one of them. What, where are you coming from? You know, why are you coming down? And he said, oh, you know what we do is we climb up the previous afternoon and evening and we stay up all night and we watch the sunrise. So they would stay at the top of Half Dome all night and they would watch the sunrise and after the sunrise rose, then they would climb down. I thought, wow, that's, that's taking it to a new level, but okay, all right. I was like, well, this is interesting, but anyway, we kept going. And, uh, you know, at the, at the bottom, it's just like, you know, it's like a regular hike. You know, you just go hiking. As you get closer to the top, it gets a little more rocky. And so you could tell that they cut stairs into the rock. And so you're climbing stairs, quite literally. And you get up, and then you get to the bottom of Half Dome. So the Half Dome is there at the very top. It looks like a ball that's been cut in half and then cut in half again. And uh, when I went, you could just go. I think now you need to, like, get a... A reservation or something, you know, and uh, there's a limit. Uh, but we went, and uh, there's these ropes uh, that are anchored into the side of the rock all the way up to the top, and then there's like these slats of uh, wood or something, you know, kind of going all the way up. And there's one side you go up, on the other side you go down, and there were tons of people there. Anyway, we got all the way up to the top, and uh, so I was looking around, and I was like, this is amazing. This is incredible. You get a 360 view of Yosemite. It was, it was awesome. It was great. Uh, my friend Tuan was tired, so he took a nap on top of Half Dome. He was just sitting there on a rock, just lay over, and he slept for two hours. And I was like, well, I can't leave without him. You know, what am I going to do? And so I was just like looking around. After a while, there's only so many pictures you could take. And so I just started calling people. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? I'm at the top of Half Dome. Okay, all right. You know, and so you know, my friend woke up. And he said, all right, let's go down. I said, okay, let's go down. And we started going down. Now, we climbed the hard part, eight miles out, one mile up. Now it's the easy part, eight miles out, but one mile down, right? I mean, that's, that should be the easy part. But what I found was that that was the hard part because I was not in shape for a 16-mile hike going up and back down. And my calves started cramping about half of the way, maybe a third of the way down. And it got so bad towards the end, I would walk about 100 feet before I'd have to stop. And then I would walk 100 feet before I'd have to stop. 
Now, Tuan, his calves looked like he was a super marathon runner. You know, his calves were like, you know, muscular and stuff. And he was just walking and walking and walking and getting farther and farther and farther away from me. You know, and I'm like, hey, Tuan, you know, he's like, what? Let's go. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not feeling so good, you know. Boy, that last part of the hike was the hardest part of the hike of the whole hike. It was at the very bottom. It was the flattest. It was a slight downhill. It should have been the easiest, and yet it was the hardest. It was the hardest because I had used up all of my energy going up and then starting to come back. You know, in life, it gets harder as you get older. As your body starts to age, as the days go by, it gets harder. The admonition of Solomon is, remember, the days of darkness are coming. Your life is this piece of tape. Don't spend all of your time just thinking about this. Plan and prepare for this. Because God's going to evaluate you on what you did here. So live for God. And live for God now. Because it's not getting any easier than now. So serve God today. Remember. Remember. Remember that God is going to evaluate your life. It's only going to get harder from here. So let's plan and prepare for those days.